Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Jam past guest list today. Everybody on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line and delighted you are with me on this Football Friday edition of Hashtag Greeny and we are going to be busy. Coming up, Marcus Spears today, David Pollock today. Question of the day that will strike a chord with literally every sports fan you've ever met. All that and more, but there's only one place to begin and that is at the end. The end of an era. The end of what is one of the great runs in the history of American professional sports. It has been coming all year, and last night it arrived in Los Angeles in disastrous fashion against a very good but not great Rams team. The New England Patriots dynasty came to an end. That does not mean that Bill Belichick is done in New England. Quite the opposite. In fact, I believe he will rise again. But for the time being, this is all over. With their seventh loss of the season, that means they end a stretch of 17 consecutive years in which they won double-digit games, unprecedented in the history of the sport. It also essentially assures that they will miss the playoffs after an 11-season run of consecutive playoff appearances, also a record in the history of the sport. But it is over because at the end of the day, they're just not that good. Let's count all the reasons why. First, let's have a little fun by sharing with you. You know, I love these. Anuno put this together for me. The last time the Patriots recorded their seventh loss in a regular season, it's been a long time. It was December 22nd, 2002. Let me put that in context for you. The last time the Patriots lost their seventh game of an NFL regular season, the number one movie at the box office was Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. I won't even tell you what the number one song in the country was the last time the Patriots lost a seventh game. I'll just have Bubba play it for you right now. I think we hear Eminem lose yourself these days on classic rock stations. That was the number one song in the country and a great one, I might add. The last time the Patriots lost a seventh game in the regular season. It was Tom Brady's 29th career start and Jared Goff, who beat the Patriots last night, was eight years old. The last time the Patriots lost a seventh game in the regular season. And so it is now time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The question is, why did it get to this? And the answer is, there are a lot of reasons. And Bill Belichick is one of them. He cannot be excused for this completely. None of what I'm about to tell you changes the fact that he is the greatest coach in the history of American professional sports. Nothing that happens for the remainder of his career, in my opinion, could change that. But Bill Belichick, the evaluator and accumulator of talent, has done Bill Belichick the coach not too many favors of late. And I'll give credit to Bill Barnwell. I've been pointing out part of this for a while, but he just tweeted it very concisely last night as we were watching the Patriots get run all over and have no answer. And the Patriots have absolutely no passing game. That when the Pats, again, this is Bill Barnwell tweeting it last night. When the Pats drafted Sony Michelle, the next running back taken in that draft was Nick Chubb. When the Pats drafted Nikhil Harry, 
The next receivers taken in the draft that year were Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown. And oh, by the way, after that came D.K. Metcalf. How would that team look right now if Nick Chubb was in the backfield and D.K. Metcalf was flanked out on one side or the other? I'll tell you how it would look. It would look like Tom Brady was still on it because he would never have left. It's that simple. Don't let anyone convince you otherwise. Tom Brady left in large part because the cupboard was bare and he knew it. Now, this year was the, the culmination, not the culmination. It was, it was a lot of different circumstances. The perfect storm of bad things happened to the Patriots. The departure of Brady. The fact that Jared Stidham obviously isn't ready to be an NFL starting quarterback. Doesn't make any difference what Bill Belichick says about him. He's telling you everything you need to know with his actions. When Cam was out with the coronavirus, they started Brian Hoyer, and they went out and got Cam Newton this year. When everyone was trying to tell you Jared Stidham was the future of the Patriots, Bill Belichick obviously knew that wasn't true, and it isn't. So Brady's departure, no quarterback, no weapons to speak of. That's what went wrong in New England this year. Then you had all the players on what was the number one defense in the NFL last year opt out. Eight players opted out from that defense. This team can come back quickly. They've got a lot of cap space. The big questions are going to be two. The first of them is, who is their quarterback going to be when they get there? Now, Belichick was asked by our Mike Reese last night about whether it is time to sit Cam now. They have three essentially meaningless games left. Why not find out what you have in Jared Stidham? So he asked Bill Belichick, is Cam Newton going to be the quarterback the rest of the way? Here was that exchange. Bill, I wanted to ask you about just the quarterback. Um, are you going to stick with Cam next week at quarterback? Yeah, great Sorry. question, Mike. I'm really glad you asked that. Cam's our quarterback. Hmm. So many different ways to take that. In fact, I'm so intrigued by Belichick saying, I'm really glad you asked that that I've actually asked Mike Reese to come on the show, and he's going to in an hour. Because I'm trying to understand exactly why Belichick said that. Now, you should know that while Belichick, of course, has great disdain for reporters in general and has been known to be very sarcastic in press conferences, he genuinely does have a lot of respect for Mike Reese. Mike Reese is as well-respected as anyone who covers that team or practically any team in the country. So Belichick is not being snide well, he may be being snide with Reese, but it's not from a place of disrespect. That's why I'm, I'm fascinated by Bill's answer to that question. So I will ask Mike Reese when he comes on in an hour what Mike's perception of all of this is. But there is one big question that hovers above all of this, and it has nothing to do with the last three games of this season. The question is, is Cam Newton done? Is it over for Cam Newton? And the only honest answer you can offer is, it certainly looks that way. Now, I would love for that not to be the case. I've been a fan of Cam Newton going back to college. I was one of the few people when he was coming out and there were all of those questions about him when he was going to be the first pick and people were bringing up this, that, and the other. I kept saying Cam Newton is going to be great. But here's the problem. If you're going to play the position the way they had him play it in Carolina, and it got him an MVP, and it got them to the Super Bowl, then you better be ready for an eight-year career. And I don't know how ready for that quarterbacks should feel. 
because that is a position in the National Football League where you can make huge money now for 15 years. You can get paid tens of millions of dollars to play that position into your late 30s. And Cam Newton is younger than Russell Wilson, and I think he's done. And it is because he is just beaten up. Every football player has so many hits to take, and I think he's taken all that he can. This is not about how good Cam Newton was. It's about how good Cam Newton can be again. And I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to see him come back after an offseason. I'm not exactly sure where he's going to be or who's going to give him the chance. But you tell me in an honest moment as an evaluator of the sport, which we all are as fans, is there anything you've seen from him that suggests to you, yeah, that guy should be someone starting quarterback next year? I don't see it. Yes, he has terrible weapons around him. But just watch. I don't see it. I'd love to be wrong. But it is a cautionary tale. These quarterbacks who take the volume of hits that he doesn't look, he's as big and strong as anyone who has ever played the quarterback position. And he has a bit of a gripe because he has never been officiated the way the other quarterbacks have been. We've complained about that forever back in his days in Carolina. But at this point, none of that really matters. What matters is, does he have a future as a starting quarterback in the National Football League? And again, the only answer that I think you can give, honestly, is it doesn't look that way. We'll see. So that's the first question. Who's their quarterback going to be? Are they going to go young? It's not going to be Jarrett Stidham. I will be floored if it's Jarrett Stidham. So are they going to go young? Or are they going to try and go with another veteran? Maybe Matt Stafford, if he becomes available. Maybe Matt Ryan, if he becomes available. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, if he becomes available. All of these are questions, and we will go in search of the answers a little bit later. But in, in, in all candor, they are the less interesting of the two questions to ask. The more interesting is, is there any chance Bill Belichick is going to walk away? He's almost 69 years old. He's one of the most accomplished, if not the most accomplished coaches in the history of American professional sports. I asked Mike Reese on Get Up This Morning, do you see any way in the world Bill Belichick doesn't continue as coach after this year? Mike gave me a very definitive answer. Zero. And I would point to this. His son, Stephen, is calling the defensive plays. And I think that means a lot to Bill Belichick. He loves that connection. His other son, Brian, is the safeties coach. I feel like it's almost all in the family here. And he really appreciates that and wants to keep going with it. So there's a definitive answer. And again, no one knows this stuff in this team and the inner workings there better than Mike Reese does. So if he says that, you take it to the bank. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. On the other side last night, we watched a very good and impressive Los Angeles Rams team because the star of the game was a guy named Cam, just not the one we were expecting. Cam Akers ran all over the Patriots last night. And Cam Akers has de developed into a very nice rookie running back to go with a, a really nice collection of offensive weapons that they have around Jared Goff in the persons of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and the two tight ends, Everett and, and Higby. And the question is, is Goff capable of playing well enough to take that team back to the Super Bowl this year? Because the defense is certainly good enough. They had a team meeting at the quarterback last night repeatedly. Six sacks last night. Floyd gets after the quarterback. Donald obviously is as good as any defensive player maybe that we've seen in a generation. Jalen Ramsey's a shutdown corner. The defense is more than good enough. Is the quarterback good enough? 
The obvious answer to the question, are the Rams a Super Bowl contender, is yes. Would I pick them? No. Would they be my first pick in the NFC? No. But could you see them going into New Orleans, going into Green Bay, hosting Tampa, any of the, uh, the scenarios? You tell me the team you can't see them beating, I would disagree. There's no team I couldn't see them beat. So if you were to tell me right now the Los Angeles Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl this year for the second time in three years, I would by no means be stunned. Again, it wouldn't be my first pick, but I think it is a very reasonable pick, and I will not be surprised at all if it happens. All right, that's where we begin. And look, we all accidentally damage our phones sometimes, right? It happens. Now Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at ashurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, who you got is next up. And that brings us to hashtag Bubba. This is a binary proposition where hashtag Bubba will throw a couple of options at me and he will... Make me tell him who I've got. And in this case, Bubba, we will pick five of the most interesting games on the Sunday NFL schedule. Hello, hashtag Bubba. Yeah, hello. All right. <laughs> okay. What's our first game? Colts at Raiders. Yeah, sure is. Sure is. Raiders currently on the outside looking into the AFC playoff race. So it's a big game in Las Vegas, but we got Indianapolis minus two and a half. So who you got here? Both teams so inconsistent. That's the frustrating part. There have been moments this year when I wanted to anoint the Las Vegas Raiders as legit contenders, and then they let you down. They get blown out by Atlanta two weeks ago, and they absolutely should have lost to the terrible Jets last week. There's no way to ride with them. The Colts have also been a touch inconsistent, but they're just they're the more trustworthy team. Rivers will play well or has generally played well. They have a much better defense. I like Indy on the road. The road piece of it means nothing this year. Anyway, give me Indy minus the two and a half is the official hashtag KOD pick. Bubba, what's next? Washington at San Francisco. All right, Washington's won three in a row. They're tied for first in the NFC East, and San Francisco finds themselves at the bottom of the NFC West, but San Francisco minus three here. So who you got? Well, let the record show that while that sounder said at San Francisco, this game is actually at Arizona. The 49ers, as you probably know, have been evicted from their homes, um, which is a terrible situation, and it just is what it is in the midst of the pandemic. So this game isn't being played in San Francisco. It's being played in Arizona. And I like Washington. Again, you know, the 49ers were a favorite Monday night, which surprised me and made me pick them because it seemed like such a smelly line on Monday night when they were home against the Bills and they got smashed, and I believe they will again. Washington is playing well. They're good. They got a quarterback who knows how not to make mistakes. They can run it. They got a couple of weapons to throw it to, and they have a ferocious front seven on the defensive side. I like Washington's for the straight-up win. Hashtag Bubba, what's next? Cardinals at Giants. All right, and the old G-Men have won four in a row. They're also tied for first in the NFC East. Could be Daniel Jones, could be Colt McCoy, who knows. And the Cardinals have lost four of five. But it's Arizona 
minus three. Who you got? It's another spread that just stinks to high heaven. And the Cardinals, I feel like they're begging you to take the Giants here. That It feels like you're falling into their trap because the Giants have just flat looked better. The Cardinals would be would have lost four straight games if it hadn't been for the, the what is it, the Hale Murray? You know, the miracle win against Buffalo. They've lost three straight since then. They've looked awful, just awful. The Giants are a better team than the Cardinals right now. They just beat Seattle on the road with Colt McCoy. The sense I got from Diana Rossini this morning is that Daniel Jones is going to play, but as Bubba, you correctly say, that's by no means a certainty. All right, I feel like I'm falling into their trap, but I will take the Giants. I've got the Giants straight up for the the straight-up win, the upset. Um, The point spread definitely makes me suspicious, but I will. The official hashtag KOD pick is the Giants plus the points and for the straight-up win. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests are on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, and Bubba's got another game. Vikings at Buccaneers. Yeah, the Vikings, they've won five of six. They're playing a little better, but they did need overtime to beat the Jags last week, and Tampa Bay finds themselves in the sixth seed of the NFC right now. This game's Tampa Bay minus six and a half. Who you got? If it's not, if it's not now, then it's going to be never for Tampa Tom and 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 Buckeye, uh, Buccaneer Bruce <laughs> and and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not, I'm not throwing in the towel. I was riding Tampa on the preseason. They were my Super Bowl pick. I've jumped off of that ship, if you will, that pirate ship. But I'm not going to abandon them completely. If they lose this game, they're going to miss the playoffs. And I just can't believe that's going to happen. Off a bye week, Brady able to be introspective. This team able to self-scout. The Vikings are playing better. And they can beat you a lot of different ways. And Cousins has been pretty good. But I just refuse to allow myself to believe the Buccaneers are going to lose this game. That said, six and a half is too many. I'm not giving that many points. So the official pick is Vikings plus the six in the hook, but I believe Tampa wins the game by four. Bubba, give me one more game. Steelers and Bills. Yeah, big one on Sunday night, and we know the Steelers finally lost, but they're still number one in the AFC, tied up there with Kansas City. Bills atop the AFC East. This one, we got Pittsburgh minus two and a half. Who you got in this one? The Pittsburgh Steelers are playing their third game in 12 days. They played Wednesday, then Monday, now Sunday. The Pittsburgh Steelers lead the National Football League in drops, and it's not close. The Pittsburgh Steelers' best defensive players are dropping like flies. Now, again, I make no bones about this. I love the Steelers. I will always have an attachment to the city of Pittsburgh. They, they, that, that city made Mike and Mike. They were the first place that our show started to work. Uh, we, we probably went to Pittsburgh a hundred times over the years. I've always loved it. I love the fans. I love Mike Tomlin. I, I, I want the Steelers to get back to the Super Bowl. But I don't see it. I think the Bills are playing better right now. I think the Steelers are too one-dimensional on offense. Now, they will get Pouncey and um, Connor back this week, which should help. The Steelers are banged up on defense, and most of all, the schedule is very much working against them. Give me the number again, Bob. I missed it. It is minus two and a half for Pittsburgh. Steelers minus two and a half. I've got the Bills to win the game straight up. I will take the Bills straight up. So Bills plus two and a half is the official hashtag KOD pick. And again, I hope I'm wrong, even though hashtag Bills Mafia is very much a fan of mine because of what I said on TV today, and I'll get to that later in the hour. But my official pick is I believe the Bills will win the game. 
on Sunday night. Bubba, thank you. That is who you got as we go through some of the better games of the weekend. And I will invite you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Speaking of college football, David Pollock is going to join me next, and he will tell us if there is any chance that the unthinkable will happen two weeks from Sunday. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Something to believe. The college football playoff on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Coming New Year's Day. Greeny with you at half past the hour on ESPN Radio. And a reminder that while I would love you to spend two hours with me every single day live, I understand you have a life to lead. You got things to do. Crying out loud. <laughs> so, this is a reminder that my show is a podcast. Every single day you can listen. It's two little one hour podcasts that. We put together and post for you. It's called Hashtag Greeny, and it is available anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And if you listen to it later today, you will listen in this section to the vocal stylings of the one and only David Pollock, who joins me here on ESPN Radio and is as good with the college stuff as anybody I know. Hello, David Pollock. My man, how you doing, Greeny? Excellent. So big weekend coming up, leading into a much bigger weekend the following weekend. And I want to start with this because I have a million places I want to go with you. I saw your tweet of earlier in the week. So let's revisit briefly. What was your reaction? How do you feel about the way the Big Ten handled themselves this week relative to Ohio State? Uh, I think we, we foresaw it coming. Um, us that have been in the sport for a while, and listen, the Big Ten is going to act in the best interest of themselves. And the best interest of themselves is to get a team in the college football playoff and try to keep their, their brand relevant. So I think we knew it was coming. I, I do think it'd be very interesting to see if, if the shoe was on the other foot, if Indiana was in that in that spot, would they do the same exact thing and treat Indiana, you know, like they treat Ohio State? Um, I think that would be interesting. We're not going to get the answer to that. But Ohio State, we can look at them and say they're the best team. Obviously, uh, we'll get another gr- a good game against Northwestern, which will be a lot of fun to watch. That's, that's a week from Saturday. Northwestern will play against Illinois first tomorrow. And, and again, I, I will root like crazy and I will give us a puncher's chance next week. But let us then move to the next issue here, which is if we do have, let's just for the sake of the discussion, say we have a 6-0 and Big Ten champion Ohio State. How will that resume in your mind compare with the resume of a Notre Dame should the Irish lose the rematch with Clemson next weekend? Or even, unimaginably, the resume of Alabama, 
should Alabama lose the SEC championship game against Florida? I think that's the crazy part. Is, is that's the scenario that that would that would make my day really happy because we do the selection show after championship Saturday. Mm-hmm. And if Alabama were to lose the Florida, okay, Florida's in. Winner of Clemson Notre Dame is obviously in. But if Clemson wins, Notre Dame has obviously already beat them. So now you got a case for both of those to be in, and you got Ohio State. So Florida's in. Say Clemson wins. Clemson's in. Now it's between. Alabama, Notre Dame, and Ohio State for three slots. Um, for for two slots. Dame, those three teams, to be clear. The, the, I, 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 yeah, those three teams, the yeah. three biggest brand names in the sport, David, for two spots. And, and Notre Dame has ten wins because they played ten games. They beat the number one team in the country at the time, Clemson. you got to look at that on the resume. Alabama, you're going to look at, they destroyed a&M, who's going to be in the top five, who's not even in this conversation, by the way. We're talking and we're kind of leaving them out because they have a chance to possibly join the jump, too. And they beat them by, by 28. Um, they beat Georgia by double digits. They probably got been the most dominant team throughout the college football season. So in that case, to me, that's, that's the only scenario where I think Ohio State could be in some trouble or it, it could call into question the amount of games. And I know everybody's going to point to – I look at Ohio State, and they're a really good football team. I don't disagree with that. Ohio State's a really good team. I'll say this. I think they look more human than they did last year. I think they have more flaws than they did a year ago. And if you remember, two years ago, we thought the same thing about Ohio State. They looked great, and they lost by 29 to Iowa. and then Or Purdue, excuse me. And then three years ago, they lost by almost 30 to, to Iowa. So you have to compile a resume. So I, I would, I'd be okay if the committee said, listen, they've only played X amount of games. They haven't earned that right to go to the college football playoff. That, to me, is the scenario that makes everything amazing. Greeny and David Pollock. Yes, yeah, so that would, be, that would be the dream scenario for those of us who love the talk because, again, Alabama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame are the three biggest brand names in the sport. Not the three best programs. Clemson certainly would be in that discussion. But as far as the brand names, those would be the three big ones. To get back to Texas A&M, it seems to me the scenario in which they become part of the conversation is if Notre Dame beats Clemson. If Notre Dame beats Clemson yep. again, Clemson's out, Notre Dame's in. That's, that's one. Alabama, let's just put Alabama in, or, or, or the SEC champion, uh, let's say it's Alabama, they're in. Alabama. Yep. Alabama's in. Ohio State, that way, probably gets in. And then is Texas A&M the fourth team? I tell you what, when, when you look at Texas A&M, here's, here's the part that's concerning. And I know Texas A&M fans get pissed off at me, but I don't really care. Um, they haven't looked dominant. Um, they, they are a ground-and-pound physical, physical team. But they're not I, – I, I watched them against – I watched them last week. I watched them against LSU, and you just see they look really good, but they don't look great. They don't look special. Um, they don't have that guy at the trigger that, that's pulling the trigger that – is dynamic that's going to go in there and beat one of these great teams. We've seen them against a really good team with, uh, with Alabama, and we saw them get destroyed. We've seen them against Florida at home. I would argue, too, Green, if that game wasn't at home with a crowd playing a factor, maybe they don't win. So I'm not as sold and they're not as convinced with, with A&M that they're going to get in the, in the dance. I think they need a ton of help, just like you know any other teams like Washington, or Iowa State that you're talking about out of the fray? They would need complete and total chaos. So, a quick final question for you, David. And again, we're looking forward to it this weekend, and then especially next week. And your just opinion. You're you're a, you're an observer, and you know as much about football as anybody I know. And you watch all of these games. 
Right now, in your opinion, who are the four best teams? I would say Alabama is by far and away the best team. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, Clemson's one of the best teams. I would say Notre Dame's one of the best teams. And I would say Ohio State is one of the best teams. Okay. And, and that is a pretty likely um, configuration of the college football playoff, but there is a lot to happen between now and then. Of course, David Pollock will be there with everybody from game day chronicling it, and we look forward to that. David, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it, but Have a good one. All right, it's David Pollock again. I, I love that stuff. There's nothing I enjoy more. Ever since this system came in, I, there's nothing I enjoy more than kicking around all the different ways it might go. Again, I've said it a million times. It's the same thing as the NCAA tournament in basketball. It's a terrible way to choose a champion, but it is the best if you're a talk show host. All right, coming up next, we will, I will talk to you about the one team that has the best chance to beat Kansas City, which is also known as why I am today an honorary member of the loudest hashtag in the NFL. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Marcus Spears will join me in just a few minutes here. And I, I forgot to point out while I was talking to David, let me just be clear. My favorite scenario, and I do not think it is impossible for the way all this college football could play out, is that Northwestern upsets Ohio State next weekend. Which, by the way, while again, not likely, I'm not suggesting I think that, that, would, that that's the, the likeliest scenario, but I do not think it is impossible. And if that were to happen, there would be a completely legitimate conversation about us being in the playoff. But that is a long way off, and it is something to talk about next week. you got to beat Illinois first tomorrow if you are Northwestern, and so we'll see that. Again, next week will be a crazy college football week, and we will have plenty of coverage of it for you. Meantime, let's get to why I am so popular with one very noisy hashtag today. Bubba, hit it. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. All right, so I told you this on television this morning, and and, um, it has gotten a lot of attention, and I will double down on it here, and that is the following. Patrick Mahomes is going to be the favorite to win the Super Bowl probably just about every year for the next 15 years, and that's probably being conservative. And he will win his share of them. I would be very surprised if he doesn't wind up with a handful of Lombardi trophies. Do I think he'll get to six where Brady is? I think he's got a real chance. But he's not going to win 15. That's not on the list of things that are going to happen. So every year, like this one, you have to think to yourself, which is the likeliest team to beat Mahomes? Because that's the person you have to beat. If you're going to become the champ, you've got to knock out the champ. You're going to have to beat Patrick Mahomes from now for the foreseeable future. So Hembo and I uh, sat down earlier this week and we started going through all of the data. And we said the question that we want to work from is in both conferences, 
which is the team that has the formula to beat the Chiefs? So to first understand what that is, you have to understand the formula. There are two things you have to do to beat the Chiefs. One, you have to match them score for score, big play for big play. You cannot count on shutting them down. Patrick Mahomes has lost nine games as an NFL starter. In those nine losses, they have averaged 31.3 points on offense. You don't beat them 21-17. That's not on the list of options. When the Raiders beat them earlier this year, it's because they had five monster plays in that game. Five plays of 40 yards or more. Massive explosive plays. You have to be able to match them score for score. The other thing you have to be able to do is play keep away. You have to control time of possession. In his NFL career, when Patrick Mahomes, his team has won the time of possession in games, he is 19-1. and one. He's practically unbeatable. So you have to be able to play keep away from him. Basically, you have to do what Brady and the Patriots did to him in the AFC Championship game two years ago. Keep him on the bench for basically the entire first half and then hang on for dear life in the second and come up with, with points when you need to. And the team that the statistics say is best built to do those two things this year is the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills combine those two factors. Buffalo can match them score for score. In fact, in explosive plays generated this year, the Kansas City Chiefs are first. The Bills have only four fewer than Kansas City does. They are right behind them. Buffalo makes big plays on the offensive side and their quarterback has the third most in the sport. Buffalo actually throws the ball on first down more than Kansas City does, more than anyone does. They are number one in passing on first down. They are number one in success rate on passes. The Chiefs are number two. They are number one in converting third downs in the league. Number one in converting fourth downs in the league. That's how you stay on the field. And that is why they have 27 scoring drives this year of 10 or more plays. That is the most in the NFL. So you add all of those things together and you say to yourself, what team has the best chance to A, control the football, and B, Match Mahomes with big plays when they are needed. The statistics say Josh Allen and the Bills are that team. Now, let me say two things about this. Number one, would I bet against Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. Patrick Mahomes is the favorite to win the Super Bowl, as I said, every year for the next 15 years. This one as much as, as will ever be the case. Number two, am I telling you I fully trust Josh Allen, to rise up in a big moment more than I do Aaron Rodgers or Ben Roethlisberger or Drew Brees? Absolutely not. He's still a very young player, and his one postseason game last year was shaky, to say the least. But I will say that he has the skill set to do it. The things he does well are the things that contribute to games like this, and he is coming on at the right time. Josh Allen is a different player than he was when he got to the playoffs last year. So I'm not telling you to bet on Josh Allen and the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I'm not telling you that Josh Allen is going to outplay Patrick Mahomes. I'm certainly not telling you that Josh Allen is the second best quarterback behind Mahomes in the sport. I just want to make it clear what I'm not telling you. What I am telling you is if you want to bet on a team 
that has the formula to beat Kansas City, if they play well, if Josh Allen plays his game, if they play well, the team that has the right formula to beat Kansas City is Buffalo. Pittsburgh does not. Pittsburgh, and let's see if they change the way they, are they going to get Marquise Pouncey back and they're going to get James Conner back this week and they're going to play the Bills on Sunday night, although that's a totally different game than playing Kansas City would be. But the, the Steelers have basically given up on running the football, so they're very one-dimensional, which means short drives, which means giving the ball back to Mahomes, and they're also dropping like flies on the defensive end. Baltimore? Baltimore don't want any part of Kansas City. That has been as one-sided as could possibly be. I, th- I really do believe the team with the best chance to knock off Kansas City this year, if they should get that far, would be the Buffalo Bills. All right, we'll get Marcus Spears into the conversation coming up next. We will get his thoughts on all of this stuff around the NFL, including what he said about Dak Prescott earlier this week. Marcus is next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.